0: Growing a business is tough. Believe me, I know. I'm a serial entrepreneur with three startups behind me. One went public, the second busted because of bad decisions by the CEO. That was me, by the way. And the third grew to $100 million in sales as part of a larger company that got sold. It took me 20 years to learn how to do it right, but now I'm on a quest to get you there much faster. I'm hosting senior business leaders, entrepreneurs, and world-class experts. Together we search for gold strategies, systems, processes, and practical tips that you can implement to grow your business. You will hear fascinating business stories, really funny moments, and lots of actionable business tips. Welcome to the Business Growth Accelerator! Hello, and welcome to the Business Growth Accelerator. This is Isar Metis, your host. And you hear all the time people saying that you got to provide value to your clients. You got to lead with value. If you understand the value you got to give, then you can grow your business, attract more people, and so on. The problem is is that it's not that easy to understand what does it mean to provide value and how to actually provide it. And in the past few weeks, I've encountered multiple cases where I've seen companies who totally, totally don't get it. And that made me aware of the situation and hence being more aware, helped me see more cases of companies who totally don't get what providing value is. And also examples of companies who do get it and do the right thing to provide value. And that led me to think about what does it actually mean to provide value? How can you really dissect that so you can do that for your business. And this is what we're going to dive into in this episode. This is going to be a two-part series where in this episode, we're going to dive to the topic of what is value, how to identify it, and like I said, several different examples. And in the following episodes, I'm going to dive into exactly how to do that. How can you take that knowledge of what value you need to provide and provide it to potential clients and existing clients while not breaking the bank, not investing a huge amount of money and not having a huge team. So let's start with understanding what is value. And too many companies confuse value with what they do and the product that they have or the service that they provide. When the reality is, I think the closest concept I want to talk about is job to be done. I don't know if you've ever heard of job to be done, but it's a concept that was originally developed by Tony Uwick. And the idea behind it Is having a deep understanding of what your customer is trying to achieve. And the trick is they sometimes don't exactly know. If you ask people what they're trying to solve or what issues they have, they will describe it through the lens of stuff that they're used to doing, what other people are doing and so on, rather than the real core issue that behind it. And that core issue can be solved in multiple ways. And if they're already looking at a solution through that lens, They themselves might be missing the actual view of what is the core problem they're trying to solve. What do I mean by job to be done in different ways to solve the problem? A great example is I want to listen to music that I choose. So that's what I want to do. That's my job to be done. The answer 40 years ago was to listen to a vinyl record, and then after that, a cassette, and then after that, a CD player and then after that, an MP3 player, and today it's streaming. But in all these cases, my wish, the problem that I'm trying to solve is I want to choose the music I listen to. That's the problem. And every time somebody figured out a better way to do that, they completely annihilated and eliminated the world that existed before, right? So if we now compare the last solution, which is streaming, to the first solution, which is vinyl records, to play a vinyl record and solve my problem of wanting to listen to my music when I want to listen to it, I had to have a record player, and I have to have an amplifier and speakers, and I had to go and buy vinyl records, and I had to store them somewhere, and I was limited to what I had. And every time I wanted to change a song, I had to remove the vinyl and so on. Versus streaming, when I say to whatever device I'm holding, Alexa, Siri, whatever, and say, play this song, and it plays it immediately, it's always... it's. It's obviously a much, much better solution, still solving the same exact problem. So the first thing you got to understand is what is the problem that your customers or prospects are really struggling with? Not what they're saying, but what the real core problem is. The second thing is you got to understand which gaps they have today between the solutions they currently have and the real problems that underneath them. Because if you understand the gaps, you can understand what exact value you have to provide so it minimizes the effort you have to do in order to maximize the value that you're getting and at the end of the day the value is not what you're providing it's what the consumer the person on the other end is perceiving what you're giving them and so if you can find the real problem you can find the gaps they have today and you can focus on that they'll perceive you as providing an immense amount of value even though you're focusing on something very very small so everybody wins Once you understand these two things, you understand the core problem, you understand the gaps that people have between their current solution and the problem that they have. The next thing you need to find is watering holes. So what are watering holes? Watering holes are where those people congregate, because if you'll have to talk to them one by one by one, it will take you a very, very long time and it's not scalable. So the concept of watering holes, I'm taking from an amazing book called The Widest Net. It's a book by Pamela Slim. I highly recommend A, following her and B, reading the book. But in The Widest Net, she talks about that on how do you capture the attention of the most amount of people by going to the places they already congregate. Because if then in those places, you can talk about how you can solve that problem, how you can close that gap and describe the problem in a lot of detail, people will know you have a better solution because you truly Understand the problem, like I said, in many cases beyond how much they thought they understand the problem. So once you have those things in place, now you can start providing value. And again, the value is not trying to sell them what you have. The value is by helping them better understand the problem, the gap that they have, and that there is a solution for that gap. So you're really hitting on three different points. Point number one is people become aware of the problem if they were not aware of it before or of the gap if they were not aware of it before. Number two is that they become aware that there is a solution. Sometimes people know there's a problem. They don't know there's a solution. So now they're aware that there's a solution. And number three, if you are the one that's constantly helping them understand and look at solutions for that, they will know you have the solution for them. So with Being aware of the problem, being aware of the solution, being aware of you having that solution, you almost guarantee that you will be the first person they come to, which means there's no competition from that moment on because it's obvious you're the one that best understands their needs and can serve them. Now that we understand that, what providing value means and how you can get there, I want to give a lot of examples on what is a great way to provide value, what is horrible ways of providing value. And in all of them, we're going to touch on these points of understanding the gaps, understanding the problem, and so on. I want to start with two negative examples, then we'll dive to a few positive and then we'll continue going back and forth. In the first example, it really happened just a few days ago. It was Black Friday or Cyber Monday. And my daughter really wanted AirPods. She saved for a lot of time and she knew there's going to be a big sale. And she came to me and said, Daddy. I want you to help me buy these headsets right now. And Walmart has the best sale. I've done the research. I've got the money. I just want you to buy them and get them here. I'm like, awesome. I love the fact you saved the money. I love the fact that you waited for the sale. Let's do this. And Walmart really had the best price. So I'm like, awesome. I'm going to go to Walmart and I'm going to order the thing. It's going to show up at my doorstep. Not that simple. So first of all, it was very, very hard to make the order you have to find a specific store you want to make the order from. And I'm like, I don't care. I just want them shipped to my house. I I don't care which store I buy them from. But that's not how Walmart works. They work with physical stores. So their transition to the digital world is still based on the old legacy that they have. It was not available in a lot of the stores around me. Eventually I found a store that is within my area that I can order this from, or you cannot order it. Like if there's no store in your area, they will not allow you to purchase it. Step two is that particular store does not ship. Apparently, some of them do, and some of them don't. So I had to order the headphones and a few days later, within four days, drive to a store that's 20 minutes away from here in order to collect the headphones. That's not the end of the story because that's not as easy. You got to download their app, which I don't have, and I don't necessarily want to have. You have to Follow this process in an email, click on a link to check in, to go to the app, so that for them to bring it outside, long story short, 20-minute drive, 20-minute wait, talking to two people in the store that didn't really know how to do this, driving to the other side of the store, waiting another 10 minutes, and eventually getting the product and driving 20 minutes home. So about an hour and a half to get a product that if I would have ordered on Amazon, would have been one click and would show up on my doorstep. So let's analyze this with the tools we talked about in the beginning of the episode what's the value that I'm seeking? The value that I'm seeking as the customer is the ease of ordering something online and have it come to my doorstep with zero effort, almost seamless shopping. Click a button, you have the product. In Walmart's eyes, providing the value was allowing people who are already Walmart shoppers to be able to order stuff online and pick it up from the store without having to walk into the store, which means they do not really understand the value, the problem, the thing that I need. The value that they think they're providing is completely irrelevant because to me, it was a huge hassle to me and probably anybody else who has went through the process, which is probably a lot of people in the shopping period. And so... Now, when you compare them to Amazon, which who they're trying to compete with, with their online shopping, it's a whole different universe from a value creation because Amazon got to this seamless shopping experience. You click a button and two hours or two days later, the thing shows up on your doorstep with zero additional effort. In Walmart, I had to jump through all these hoops, which probably next time I will pay a little more money and buy it on Amazon. So that's example number one. Example number two, I want to give you is something that's happening to me every day on LinkedIn. I get approached on LinkedIn by a lot of people every single day. Some of them really are interested in what I'm doing and the podcast and the value that I'm providing and the businesses that I'm running, and they want to be a part of my network. And that's awesome. And I absolutely love that. A lot of them, about two thirds of them, send me a connection request with some kind of a reason of why we should connect and immediately after pitch me on what they do. So now let's analyze this. Do they understand my problem? Absolutely not. They have no clue who I am, what I'm doing, what's my process. They've seen something in my title that makes them think that they might be able to serve me because they know how to do digital ad marketing, or because they're a coach, or because they're a sales coach, or because they have a product that can integrate with whatever systems that I have, but they have no clue who I am, what I am. What my business is, what my personal life looks like what i'm ch- what my challenges are, and so on, so by missing that, they cannot provide me value, and hence all they're doing is wasting my time and their time in sending these call messages. What could have been the flip side? Have a conversation with me, say, "Hey, I love what you're doing. Be genuinely curious, ask me questions about clarifying what I do, I will most likely answer, develop some relationship with me." And then tell me, hey, because you're doing this, and because of what you told me, do you, do you struggle with this thing? I know other people like you do. If it is, I will probably say yes. Now there's an opening to a conversation about how they can solve the problem. But without even knowing anything about me, I have zero trust that they have any solution or value to me. And hence, I never, ever, zero times follow up with those cold approaches. Maybe it works for them. I assume it works for them. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't be doing it for a while, or they read it in a book from whatever fake guru that that's the best way to grow on LinkedIn. I'm telling you that from a value creation perspective, it's a huge failure. And then I think in the long run, it's a huge failure. Now let's analyze some good examples. I was recently shopping for a new home sound system. And over there, I got to see the good, the bad, and the ugly of what people do when they understand what providing value is and the people who don't. As you know, as you start researching anything online, you start getting targeted by remarketing and retargeting by a million different websites. So everybody now knows I'm looking for this thing. And in the search results, there are two very obvious extremes of providing value and not providing value. One of them is all the best 10 amplifiers of 2023, the best 10 ways to do this and that. And all these websites or the comparison websites or the fake reviews websites All they are is a way to bait you to go to their website, read a very shallow, non-relevant, zero value providing reviews so they can get the affiliate link when you click from their website to go to Amazon or wherever it is that they're going to send you. They have zero real value. It's a cut and paste of other people's reviews into a website that manages, because it has a lot of links in it, to rank pretty high on Google results, but the value it provides is absolutely zero. The flip side of that is people who actually take the time. In many cases, these are even individuals. They're not big businesses, but they know how to provide the value. So what is the value? The value is, here is the problem that I was having as an individual in installing this system in my house. Here are the problems that I was trying to solve. Here's a solution I found. Here's me walking you through the solution. Now, if they present the same problem that I'm facing, and I must admit, again, in some of them, they were able to describe the problem better than I could when I started the process. So they were a few steps ahead of me. They know other people like me, or they've been in my position. They understand the problems that I'm facing, and they're describing in detail a real solution. Now let's review the extremes again. One, here's a copy paste, five rows, click on the link so I can get the affiliate link. The other is, I understand your problem. I was in your shoes. I was able to solve this for other people. Here is a step-by-step process on how you can do that. One is providing value. The other, not providing value. Guess who got my money in the end? So very easy to know, right? So I went with a company that has a very clear understanding of the problems I was trying to solve and have invested time and money in articulating the problem and then the solution, which again provided value to me, which made me a client of theirs. I want to give another example that is extremely different from a different field. There's a Jewish organization called Chabad. And Chabad is a quote-unquote religious organization, but more than that, they're a community organization. And what they understand is that Jewish people overseas have a need to connect to the roots and to Judaism. And they could have done this in a very religious, orthodox way. But they understand that's not the problem. The problem that people are trying to solve is not to be more religious. The problem that people are trying to solve is to connect with the roots and their traditions and their Judaism. And so they've built a whole set of services from young kids through teenagers, through adults, that just puts Jewish people together in a fun way around whatever topics is relevant for that age group. They're not trying to convert you. They're not trying to push you. They're not trying to raise money through that. They're literally understanding the problem of Jewish people in the United States and other places around the world. And they're providing solutions to those specific gaps hence providing immense amount of value, and hence myself and my family participate in their activities. We recommend them to anybody who moves into our area to join their activities. We donate money to them every time that's possible because they understand my problem, they understand the gap, and they provide that exact value. I want to give two more examples, one bad one and one good one, and again, because I think it will provide different perspectives on how this works in different scenarios. I Had a cold. You might still hear it in my voice. I had a really bad cough, and I was trying to go to see my doctor. When I called the doctor, they told me that they have the next appointment is two months out, and that's my personal doctor, my primary care doctor. And I asked them, like, how is that possible? How can't you don't have walk-ins for people who are actually sick? And she said, I'm sorry, that's not the way we work. If you want, you can go to urgent care, or I can hook you up, maybe with a doctor in our sister clinic. I said, okay, I, at this point, I don't care which clinic I go to, so please hook me up with your sister clinic. She continued to tell me that because I'm coughing and congested, I will have to take a COVID test before I can go to the clinic. And that surprised me a little bit because they're doctors, they're supposed to check what I have and not me. But I was willing to jump through that hurdle in order to see the doctor that day. So she set me up with an appointment for 1.30 p.m. that day 10 minutes later, I get a call from the manager of that clinic. And she told me that because I have symptoms, I cannot come to the clinic. I obviously told her I took the COVID test, and that I'm negative, and I don't have COVID. She said, it doesn't matter. And I'm quoting, she said, we do not allow sick people into our clinic. I was blown away. It's literally one of the craziest sentences I ever heard anybody say. How can a manager of a clinic tell me that they don't take in sick patients. So now let's go back and analyze, do they understand the value they provide? They do not because the value they provide is helping sick people get better. Their goal is to make as much money as possible. So what they're trying to do is to do exactly that. How do we maximize the money that we make by double booking or booking every single slot we have during the day not caring about the real value they were set to provide. If you have almost a monopoly, which this particular organization in our region has, you can do that. You can ignore the value you need to provide and maximize your profit if there's very little to no competition. But in any other scenario, that's going to backfire and you're going to lose all your clients because they're going to go to somebody who gives them extra value. The last good example that I want to give to finish on a positive note is from Chris Walker and Refine Labs. Refine Labs is a company that helps other companies grow through what they call revenue R and D and demand generation and stuff like that. They grew in an incredibly fast rate in two to three years because Chris Walker, who is the founder and the CEO, continuously spends a lot of time and energy in understanding the needs of his clients by having regular live conversations with them on different platforms, answering questions and providing value for free. What he gets in return is, first of all, amazing feedback from his actual potential clients on what their actual issues are. So he can refine his messaging, improve the services that he provides, develop products that solve these gaps and problems because he has a better understanding of his client needs than anybody else. The other thing that he benefits from is that everybody gets free value from him all the time on topics that they're struggling with, which makes him an authority in the field, which makes him the obvious go-to person once they want to hire somebody to solve these problems. So I want to summarize providing value is not about your service or product. Providing value is having a deep understanding of the job to be done or the problem that your clients are facing. And like I said, in many cases, not what they're telling you they're facing. If you can understand that, find the gaps that they have between the real problem and the solution they have right now. And now you have yourself a business. Find the places where they congregate, the watering holes, whether it's conferences, live events, social media, YouTube, wherever it is that these people look for answers, be there and talk about the problem first and the solution second, and you and your company, either not at all or third. And I can guarantee you over time, this will yield much better result than any bait and switch, any remarketing, or any ad spend that you can do for your business. I hope you found this valuable. And that's it for today. If you want to learn more on how to do this at scale, how to get amazing feedback from your audience in order to understand what value they're seeking and be better aligned with your messages and your services and products to their needs, and if you want to be able to connect with clients, build relationships, and grow your business using that by providing value to them, check out the next episode where we're going to dive into the practicalities on how to do that. If after that you still have questions or you want to learn more and know the details, Please connect with me on LinkedIn. I will gladly share with you from my experience of doing this for myself and for my clients. And until next time, have an amazing week. Your business growth is my number one priority in this podcast. To do that, I want to bring the biggest names that I can and get you practical tips as frequently as possible. And you can help. Visit Apple Podcasts right now, subscribe, download, rate, and review the podcast, and I would really appreciate it. And if you want my number one tip for business growth acceleration, visit growthaccelerator.biz right now.